boys with us, Goni and Beggs. What's up, boys? What's up, gentlemen? Another one. Another one. Another one, boys. Meat and Potato episodes coming at you hot and heavy. We are starting episode one of a four-episode series where we uh, take two divisions. For each division, we find our lock, dark horse, and overvalue. Right? Yeah, this right. week it's the AFC West and the NFC West. But before we get into that, but we got some we got some news. News in the NFL world. Wayne is hyped right now. <laughs> <sighs> Big Julio Jones putting on that pewter pewter power. That's Playing scary, right? Goat. That's scary. Playing with right? the goat. I mean, Julio I, Jones is Julio Jones. I get it. He's old. He's on the downswing, but he's also a, a, a mutant. And he's and he's probably the wide receiver three. Three, dude. Yeah. Three. Yeah. Well, dude, he's four. You got the gauge above him, right? No. Nah. No. Nah. No. Hundred percent. Julio's thirty-three. It it doesn't matter. The dude's a freaking nature. He's Julio yeah. Jones, bro. He's, he's Julio a Jones, dude. TB twelve did it again. Hey everybody, just come to Tampa. It's my last season. Let's just let's put another one up. Let's put another <laughs> one up. Yep. This is phenomenal, dude. I got hyped, and and the thing about Julio is, he's not going to be asked to do a lot. He's injured a lot because he's asked to do so much. He's not going to be asked to do a lot. He's just gonna he's going to be lining up against Joe Schmo, possibly linebackers, if depending on where they put him. He's going to absolutely dominate. Somebody's uh, Chris. It's it's the same thing with when AB was over there, yep. except now we have Russell Gage. I mean, that's boys, number one offense in the NFL, bro. And Julio Jones isn't gonna quit at halftime ever. You know, like midway <laughs> through the game and just take his jersey off. He's not that kind of guy. So yeah, that's the, something to look forward to. Number number one offense is that is that push the Bucks to does Julio Jones does thirty three year old Julio Jones coming in as the wide receiver three. Push the bucks up to to the odds on favorite. It's possible. It's gonna be hard to beat, man. But yeah, I don't, right there. I don't know if they'll be the Vegas favorite, but every year, knowing this as a Patriots fan, if you have Tom Brady on your team, you always have a chance to win. And adding a guy like Julio Jones, regardless of how old he is, as your number three, is phenomenal. What a, a an amazing football move! I don't know how great it's gonna be for fantasy. Um. But man, it's great for football. Giddy, I'm giddy, like a little schoolgirl when I've read it. He could have the most touchdowns of his career this year. He really could. You could. Imagine, just being a, a you know a non-touchdown scorer his entire life. This could be like in his age 33 season or whatever it is. He sets his career high for touchdowns. And it's it's really not it's not far fetched because Matt Ryan for some reason turned a blind eye to the one of the best receivers of all time every time they got to the red zone. Mm-hmm. Who who is better right now, Antonio Brown or Julio Jones? Uh, Julio who's, Jones because he's on who, the team. Julio Jones because <laughs> he's playing. He's suiting up on Sunday. Sure, but like theoretically, if they both were on the same team, who puts up better numbers if they're healthy all year? I I've always believed that Julio Jones is the better receiver. He's just a bigger dude, uh, a bigger catch radius. Just Ben Roethlisberger, just. Targeted AB in the red zone. Targeted him when it was important. And Matt Ryan would target Julio everywhere but the red zone. 
Um, Julio, just talent-wise, physically, I feel like has always been better than AB, regardless, even in their primes. Yeah. Julio Jones is in his prime. He was a perfect specimen, dude. He's just a ridiculous man, and he's been great his entire career. He's a surefire Hall of Famer, without a doubt. Not from a fantasy perspective, just because you've got to have touchdowns to break into that top tier like AB did, but... But yeah. yeah, from just like an NFL roster perspective, uh, Julio's better. Yeah, he's, I, I, he's like a he's like a shade below. Uh, okay, a shade, maybe two shades below Megatron. Megatron was the comparison I was going to as well, as far as just size, body type, all that stuff. Just man, different. Uh, got some more news. Kyler Murray got his contract. Got the bag. Got the bag, boy. Lamar Jackson's over. Mm. Out of baby Kyler, rooting him on. Got the bag. What what type of effect do you think that has on fantasy? We knew Kyler was going to get signed. You don't let if you've got any sort of talent at quarterback, you're locking it down. Period. You you Five you got to have consistency at, at that position, or you're or you're done for. My poor Buccaneers Five years. next year. $230 million puts him at second most annually behind uh, Aaron Rodgers. And like you said, it means nothing but good things for Lamar and even Burrow coming down the line. Uh, it's Guys are going to get paid. Guys are going to get paid. But he deserves it. Like you said, it's hard to find a quarterback, man. you got to lock him up when you've got him. Is Pat Mahomes kicking himself a little bit for signing a 10-year Jamie? Nah. I don't think he can. I mean, you have to expect that the bar is going to be set you, higher. He you was, can't, you can't he kick yourself his. for half a billy, right? But still. I mean, no. Nah. Nah. He's set for life. And, I mean, they did right by him. They made him the highest paid at the time of the deal. It was actually smart yeah. on their end. I think the Ravens did it wrong by waiting so long because mm-hmm. now it's just up in the ante, up in the ante, up in the ante. And – uh, the Chiefs don't have to worry about that for the entirety of his, uh, Mahomes' prime. And if, Plus, if go ahead, if he starts getting unhappy, the owner is dropping a hundred grand envelope in his locker at halftime every game, right? Like he's fine, he's going to be fine. Yeah, and if Lamar somehow makes turns this lemon of a season into lemonade. He he might be asking number one QB money because he don't have anything. So if he makes the Ravens decent this year, it's trouble. It's trouble a, for the old checkbook. As oh, a yeah. Ravens fan, that's that's tough. It's kind of like Dak with Cowboys. You have to pay him, but I don't love it. Yeah, uh, I look for Burrow to be a fifty million dollar quarterback when he comes due as well. I think Lamar might be that as well when it his time comes around after this year, for sure. Um, but, man, the bar just keeps rising. If you're Patrick Mahomes, I mean, you just got to be happy for these other guys. You got the most money when it was your time. Now it's these other guys' time. I just feel like if you're in the front office and you know you're going to re-sign somebody, like you, Lamar's there. He's been there for a couple years now. Like You know he's your guy and you're going to sign him. I feel like you got to jump on it because – that's that's just how the NFL's worked. Like when you look at average salaries ten years ago compared to now, it's it, it's jumped massively. Yeah, you just you got to realize that. I mean, you got to see the trend. I mean, it, it, the money's going up. So the second somebody's like, "Hey, I want to restructure my contract," if I'm front office, I'm like, "All right, cool, yeah, long term, got it. Let's do it right now." Yeah, and I, I understand there's cap space issues, but I mean, the Ravens got the money now. Like I would have jumped on that because it's only costing you more in the long term. I don't get it. Yeah. All right. 
Dark Horse overvalue lock for the NFC West and AFC West this episode. Um, NFC West, Cardinals, Rams, 49ers, Seahawks, AFC West, Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders, Chargers, AFC Best. Eh? Mm. AFC Best. Yep, okay. I'm I'm proud of that. Um, So we are going to take it one division at a time, right? So we're going to do all the locks, dark horses, and overvalues of the NFC West and then go to the AFC West. Um, We did... uh, we did kind of discuss who we had before the episode started because we didn't want to give you the same guy for each of us. Cause obviously um, we all met up and got into a, a barroom fight over Cooper cup as an NFC West lock. <laughs> <laughs> Go, Goni's a lot stronger than he looks. Cause got the dub. A, a spoiler alert. We'll just start with him. Uh, Goni, go ahead and give us your lock, my guy. All right. It's an easy one. NFC West. The most likely lock is Cooper cup. Easy. The man was the best player in fantasy football last year. He had the most points among all players, quarterbacks, running backs, wide receivers. He was phenomenal. Crazy. He almost set the record, albeit with one extra game than Megatron had. Uh, he's just he's just phenomenal. He's going at the 105 as the wide receiver one. It, it's just, I mean, he's a lock to be at least a top three. And so when you're spending that high of a pick on him, you want the return, and it, it, he just seems the most likely in the, the entire division to get there. Easy one for me. No no argument with that. And I, let me interject here with how we're doing, with just to further explain. We're doing this based on ADP, so when we say a lock, then you, we are saying that you're getting the value of their ADP. Yeah. Um, Dark Horse, somebody that whose ADP is – um, way back there, and we feel like it's going to do a lot better than the ADP and overvalue, obviously, somebody who we feel ADP is a lot higher than what they should be. So some guys are going to be like, what? But just remember, it's our locks are guys who we're saying are great, are, are, are at the value of their ADP, and you're getting exactly what you're supposed to get there. So, yeah, Cooper Cup at the 105. Um, is he the number two receiver being taken? And, then, and uh, it needs to be said, too, this is redraft format that we're doing this on. Um, Correct. So is he is he the number two wide receiver going right now? Number one? No, sir. He is the number one. Okay. No. That's number fair. Number one wide receiver being taken. That's fair. Yeah. After last year, that's fair. Begley, who do you think? I do. That's a lot. I mean, just that's a no brainer. Cooper Cup won us what two hundred bucks last year at the sportsbook. You remember that? He had good hundred yards. And our uh, sleeper wager that we did. Oh yeah, yeah. Down to like the fourth quarter, but it's Cooper Cup. We were never worried. Yeah, I, I'm I'm still stuck on the 450 I won when we were at the casino, and I needed Dak about. Prescott to like I needed like 20 more Amari. yards out of Dak Prescott and Dak or not out of Amari Cooper, and Dak just refused to pass him the ball. He was yeah. like he was 20 yards off what I needed, and like in the first half, so I'm like yeah. So we watch halftime, and we're sitting in front of the TVs, and I'm like, I'm not moving until he gets this. He did third not. Quarter, to play third crabs. quarter goes by, and Amari Cooper might as well have been in the locker room. Half of fourth quarter goes by. I'm like, what is happening? And then, like, the last half of the fourth quarter, he hits him for, like, another 70 yards for that. So, In other news, Amari's been traded. Yeah. Yeah, the good old days when he won me money. Um, uh, Begley, give us your NFC West lock. You know, you kind of touched on him. He's got his quarterback now. Hollywood L. Brown. Lock. <clears throat> He's 
Did you look up the L? I no, I did not, but it sounded right and felt right at the time. Usually J is the common middle initial, right? It is, but but L sounded like he had a smoking jacket on, which is how I picture Hollywood when I talk about him. Nice. nice. ADP of 57, which is about the 5.9. Shakes out, he's being drafted at the wide receiver 23, uh, which would have him finishing three spots higher than what he did last year. But I think with kind of the upgraded quarterback and the offensive scheme, I think he's going to get an upgrade in efficiency. Um, You know, his target rating last year was 57th. His catchable rate was 59th, and his target accuracy was 67th, meaning the balls he did get, not so good. Uh, I do think Kyler's going to really improve that, and I trust Cliff and Kyler to kind of get, get this man in space with the scheme, with the arm, and let him use his speed. Um, you know, he's the guy in Arizona for six games, which I know you guys are not going to knock on it, but that is almost half of a fantasy season. So that's a substantial amount of time to being the guy. You know, and we can't we can't do the injustice of talking about the chemistry with Devonta and Derek Carr in college and not mention Hollywood and Kyler. They were better in college together than Adams and Carr. They have chemistry. I'm all in on Hollywood. Plus, they gave up a first round draft pick for him. There's draft capital. They're going to use them. Fun fact. Um, uh, um, uh, I've done. An extensive amount of research over the last 60 seconds, and it doesn't look like Hollywood has a middle name. So, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking at this one, and it says first name, middle name, blank, last name. So, you know, side note, uh, Hollywood, we all know how I feel about Hollywood. I think he's going to be okay, but, I mean, he's, he's going to be serviceable. I don't want to say he's not a lock at his ADP. I... I I feel he's a little overvalued. You know, I had him ranked in the 30-ish range, and I'm I'm standing by it. I, I think he's going to fall off a cliff whenever uh, D-Hop comes back. I think he's better than Christian Kirk. C- Christian Kirk was just outside wide receiver two range last year. With uh, All right, so question for you. If he, if he does well in these first six games – and he will. This is a redraft. Would you flip him for a bigger star that might be underperforming up to that time? Or would you ride him out for the rest of the season? I think it would depend. If it was if it was unsustainable levels of great, you know what I mean? We're talking 10 targets a game, probably. But if he's... It, I think it would depend, man. I don't know. I mean, if I, I, it had to be a pretty, pretty big superstar. So, yeah. what if, for, for example, what if uh, you know Debo is slumping to for the first six games of the season, and you had an offer Debo for Hollywood? Hollywood's destroying worlds. He's putting up twenty plus a game. Would yeah. you trade Hollywood hey, for Debo? I love that you threw that out because Debo's his other boy. It is. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't because I, the offense gets sustained to two wide receivers. It did last year with Christian Kirk and DeAndre. And I think he's low leaps and bounds better than Christian Kirk. Okay. I just wanted to know if you'd be on the bandwagon all season or if you're hopping off after six. Leaps, leaps, and bounds. 
Bay yeah, Lakes. I'm off the bandwagon after six. I'm riding with you for six weeks, and then after that, see ya. I'm taking what I can get out of it, and I'll be on my way. That's fair. Facts. What you got, Wayne? My lock for the NFC West is George Kittle. He yeah. is drafted as the tight end four in the fourth round. Um, and when he's healthy, he's an auto luck. And, and I mean, so he's the tight end four is what he's going as right now. Um, and I even said when he's healthy last year, he wasn't healthy. He missed four games. He left a few early and guess what he finished tight end four. Um, yeah. so I'm saying even if he's not healthy this year, which let's be honest, he probably won't, he still <laughs> gives you enough points in the games that he plays that he's going to, he's going to come out with the, with the, uh, value that you drafted him as, especially if you get him in the fourth round, um, that that was unheard of last year. Um, him going, you know, early second typically uh, last year. So for him sliding all the way to the fourth, if you get George Kittle in the fourth, you're getting um, perfect value, perfect value, even if he misses games because he was the tight end for last year. Again, tight end for last year, missing all those games. I think he had like multiple thirty point games. Like at, at tight ends, just that's rare. I mean, there's only a few that could do it. You're right. That's rare. And George Kittle's one of them. Um, I don't know what that passing game is going to be like. We, we know that I'm a little sketched out with, um, what's happening in the quarterback room over there. He's a guy to me too, that I think people are going to fade and drafts and they shouldn't. I think the injuries might scare them away. You could probably even maybe get them in the fifth. I, I think even the quarterback change might be the thing that scares people that's off. That's what's scare. That's what's scaring most people off. I feel like, but yeah, I, because I mean, he's he's always had kind of an injury history, and that's always going to kind of scare you. But do, you just don't know who's going to be throwing on the ball. Uh, the con, the con, obviously the combination of the two, I feel like, is what's what's affecting his ADP so much. Um, but if you get him in the fourth, he's he's going to give you that value, in my opinion. Agree. Yep. All right, all right, boys, let's uh. Let's move on to the overvalues, people who are being drafted um, further up than we um, agree with. Goni, who you got? Still in the NFC West. Still in the NFC West. We're going right back to the 49ers, and it is Debo Samuel. Uh, He's going right now as the 209, or at the 209, rather, as the wide receiver eight. You know, he finished as the wide receiver two last year. We've got a new quarterback coming to town. Maybe. Well, not coming to town, but coming to the field, basically. Yeah, allegedly. Um, I mean, he put up 1,400 yards. He only scored six touchdowns through the air. He had eight touchdowns on the ground. He has already repeatedly said the 49ers brass has also echoed the sentiment that he will not be used on the ground as much this year. So, I mean, if you... If you take away those rushing yards and touchdowns, I, I just don't see that he's going to make the top ten. I don't. I don't see him returning wide receiver eight or higher value for where you're drafting him. Uh, it's just difficult for me to get behind on that one. Do you? I mean, do you guys feel different about it, or how do? You, what do you think? It, I think it depends on. Well, I don't know how you feel, but I think it depends on his contract situation. I mean, he returned to camp now. So he's at camp practicing, and they're talking about the contract. I mean, if he gets the bag and they say, hey, you got to run, then I disagree with you. But, you know, if he gets to kind of cherry-pick the terms of his deal and determine how he's used, then, yeah, I agree, fade. 
Yeah, what do you think, I, I'm I'm on record saying if they put a lot of rushing incentives in his contract, that would be hilarious. Um, I to me a player a player saying how he's going or not going to be utilized is laughable. It's not your choice. <laughs> you get paid to do as you're told. Um, and if you're paying, you know what? If you're paying me millions and millions and millions of dollars, uh, I'll do whatever you want. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like if he gets the bag and they want to rush with him. That being said, I mean it, it's a little bit easier to game plan for now, right? You know they were kind of that team that they were the only team really using um, their number one wide receiver that way. Uh-huh. Now we got a whole season of uh, of tape. You know, is he going to be that successful? Are the 49ers going to try and do it again, even if he's willing to do it again? Are they going to try after a full season of tape um, is out on it and, and we have a whole off season to um, kind of break it down? Um, I don't know, but I, I agree. I agree with you, Goni. I feel like even if he if they do give him rushing work, it, not only are they going to give him less, but it's going to be less successful. Um, so I don't. I, I it's it's going to be rough for him to finish top ten for me, and I know a lot of people love him, um, but I just that rushing the rushing work is what made him uh, his his receiving work was okay. Was, I mean, it was middle. He'll still top twelve. He'll still wide receiver one. Yeah, and I just feel like it's not yeah. going to be there. And when you look at other, uh, there's been a ton of wide receivers come out that have that capability to slide as a wr one, and I just feel like he's going to get lost in the shuffle without that rushing work i agree with you that do you do either you guys feel comfortable as him being your second pick i know it's at the 209 Uh, maybe if i'm at like the number one spot and you're getting that 212 301 turn i might take him maybe but even so like i don't i just don't feel comfortable this year with debo samuel as my uh wide receiver one just don't know what you're getting yeah yeah, I, I I read a, a kind of think piece that said that he's gonna he's like the trendsetter in the NFL with the 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 wing back position that you're gonna see other teams try to copy what they were doing. You guys think that's true? Good luck. It, I mean, <laughs> Shanahan is such a good coach. He runs a great offense. Um, it, it's it's gonna be hard to duplicate. And then Debo Samuel, he's he's an animal. I'm not taking anything away from his athleticism. He's an animal, but. He's been injury prone in the past, and I mean, it's probably just a matter of time before he gets hurt again in the future if they continue that. Yeah, that's a heavy workload. No, nope. uh, Beggs, who you got for your overvalue? So he was going went with the Niners. I'm going to stick with the Cardinals. I'm going to say DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you know, right now he's going to 701, which is an ADP of 73. Uh, he's being drafted just after Thielen, Mooney, and Amon Ross St. Brown. He's being drafted ahead of Juju, Drake London, Bateman, Devonta Smith, and Gabe Davis. And I'd rather have all of those guys over DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, you know he's going to miss six games. He's coming off of MCL surgery. He's he's not actively practicing or is even ready to practice. They're kind of slow playing his recovery. He's 30 years old, which we talked about the Keenan Allen fade on the pack, on the podcast already. At some point, his production is going to drop off. Um, he played 10 games last year and was wide receiver 39. This year, the most he can play is 11, and he's being drafted at wide receiver 31. Uh, I, I, hmm. Just a lot of other guys I would rather have there at that spot if I can use the full season. 
I'll let somebody else take on DeAndre and Stash. Yeah, if I have if Darnell Mooney and D Hop are on the board at that same spot, I'm probably taking Mooney. Uh, I just I the, the, the logic the logic of him going there is when he comes back, he's a league winner. But at 30, well, off major knee surgery, is he? And and that's my that's kind of my other thing is my roster makeup when I roll around to that round is is going to make that decision for me if I'm confident in my WR one and two. I might snag him because, you know, it, it, if I need a wide receiver when I come around um, and D-Hop is there, then I'm probably not going to take him if I have an immediate need based on what I've drafted so far. But if I have my starting wide receivers, I'll probably snag him, you know. But I but I agree. I mean, he's got a lot of question marks. Um, so for him, I, I'm taking Darnell Mooney there. I'm taking Gabe Davis there. You know, in most situations, Amon Ra, maybe not. Um, I'm a little lower on Amon Ra than you all are this year, though. Um, But, yeah, I I definitely see what you're saying. To be missing six games and still be above a lot of guys that uh, I'm high on. Yeah, and again, my roster makeup at that point in time would probably weigh heavily on that decision. I like the stat that you gave. I really did. Um just about, you know, where his ADP is and where he finished last year. And then I I went ahead to go check out his numbers for the games that he did play in last year. And it kind of swayed me the other way. I mean, we're looking at 26, 15. He had a 5, a 10, but 20, 20, 18. Like, you get some good games out of him there. And so so then I I went ahead and I looked at, you know, their schedule this year. They're going to miss the six games. That's understandable. But then I was thinking about, you know, it might be a good play down the stretch. And the two that basically what stands out to me the most is championship week, your fantasy Super Bowl, and the week before. So week 16 and week 17, they play against Tampa Bay. Shootout game right there, I think. You know, Tom Brady's going to go. He's going to come out and score. you got to keep up with him. And then week 17 in the fantasy Super Bowl is the Atlanta Falcons. Um, nom, 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 nom. <laughs> like, I, I agree, yeah. I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, necessarily you have to draft someone because of what you see in the chain. Like, it's two weeks of the season. It, it's understandable. Um, he is 30 years old, so I, I understand the sentiment, and we might see a drop-off this year. But if he's putting up, you know, those – 18 20 point games and everything i I think he could have some value so like wayne said i'd look at my roster composition see where i've gotten to so far you've got six rounds before he's going to come off the board and then really make your decision there i mean yeah and that's both of you guys had good thoughts i I did the same thing i looked at his games he had eight touchdowns in uh 10 games last year right the year six and the year before that he had seven so I think the touchdowns do did kind of bolster his production above where he really kind of was. Yeah. Uh, so it's a little bit of fool's go there for me, man. I, I, everybody falls off. Mother, you know, father time's undefeated, man. 30 in a, in a major knee surgery. Major knee surgery, boys. I don't know. Going to have some ring rust as well. Yes, yes. Ring rust. Uh, all right. Overvalue. Uh, who was yours going? Overvalue was Debo Samuel for me. Debo, we got Debo and D Hop. Um, mine is uh, we're we're touching on Seattle for the first time. Uh, it's DK Metcalf. 
he's being taken ahead of guys like Terry McLaurin, Michael Pittman, Deontay Johnson, Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, Mike Williams, Jerry Judy, Hollywood. He's being drafted in front of all these people. I'm confused. Drew Locke is throwing him the ball. Like, how is he going to be better than all these people? Michael Pittman Jr. has Matt Ryan throwing him the ball. I mean, Deontay Johnson, I, he's got Mitch Trubisky, who's better than Drew Locke. Jalen Waddle's yep. got Tua. Chris Godwin, DJ Moore, is, we've already covered him. He's quarterback proof. Mike Williams in a high-powered offense. Jerry Judy, Russell Wilson, uh, Begley, Hollywood. DK Metcalf is going in front of all these people, and I just I'm mind blown. Like Drew Locke is not going to be able to sustain a top tier wide receiver. He never has, and he never will. He's just not talented enough. So why he's going over all these people, I'll never know. I'm fading DK Metcalf all the way out of my roster. I'm not drafting him no matter if he's there in the twelfth round. I might consider it, but I'm telling y'all, I'm I'm staying away from DK Metcalf. I think he's going to be the biggest waste of a roster spot if you're drafting him at his uh, a, at what his ADP is right now. Like I'm fading him several rounds further back than what he's being drafted at right now. That's just that offense is going to be a dumpster fire. That it's team is going to be a dumpster fire, and you're telling me that they're gonna they're gonna bloom and WR one high end WR two out of that dumpster fire? Nah, dude, it's going to be a thousand Molotov cocktails in the dumpster. It's going to be terrible. I mean, you saw what happened when Russell Wilson got hurt. I mean, if you're a DK Metcalf owner, you hope Geno Smith wins the job because he at least showed something with Geno to end the year. But I agree with you, man. He's a wide receiver three for me right now in Seattle at best. Yeah, and that's it's nothing against DK Metcalf. He's a freak of nature, super talented. It's just his team, his quarterback. It's the name that that's why he's being drafted where he is. It's it's the name value. I mean, you know, he's a physical freak he's a an amazing wide receiver when you have someone worth anything throwing him the football but i mean he's he's gonna have his good games here and there you know he's gonna have the the spike weeks where he puts up probably in the 20s maybe touch 30 or something here and there but it's not gonna be pretty it's gonna be tyler lockett-esque yeah very tyler lockett-esque just boom bust like crazy it's gonna be terrifying every week you're gonna be terrified when you draft this man i promise y'all when he does good he's gonna be on your all's bench and when he does bad he's gonna be in the starting lineup stay away from and it's the worst that's the absolute worst too because he's gonna go off for like 28 points or so and you're gonna play him for the next four weeks expecting that to happen again and he's gonna put up like single digits for you it's random i'm telling y'all it's random he will be going up against a stud uh, cornerback one game, and all the signs point to a terrible game, and that's when he's going to go off. And then he's going to play against a crap team, and, and you all are going to start him, feel like he's a lock, and that's when he's going to suck terribly. Uh, that's just how it goes with these players. DK Metcalf, overvalue, fading up. If he gets traded to the Chiefs, is he a first-round pick? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. Definitely. I told you, DK Metcalf has a talent, phenomenal. Top just five. I hate I hate his team. Top five wide receiver, probably not not top five overall. Yeah, does, I, the talent. Does he go above Chase? No, uh, I don't know, man. Does he go above Devonte Adams? I would take him above Devontae in a redraft, one hundred percent. Or yeah, well, in a redraft, in a redraft or dynasty. dynasty. Yeah, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Dark Horse, my favorite little, my favorite little Jamie. Who's who's your dark horse, Coney, in the NFC West? 
This Please. man, I think, is an absolute league winner if you get him. Uh, he's playing on a new team this year. It's the Rams. His name is Allen Robinson. He is going at the 602 right now, which is good for wide receiver 25. He's finished as a wide receiver 7 before. He's finished as a wide receiver 9 before um, just a couple years ago. He's playing with the best quarterback he's ever had in his life. The man is giddy. He's looking phenomenal at camp. McVay loves him. Um, he's just showing, you know, what he's been doing for years with terrible quarterback play. He's he's going to be the two. Matt Stafford, he's good enough to support two top 12, I think, wide receivers. I think he has wide receiver one potential. I, I'll, I'll go I'm more confident to say he's a fringe wide receiver one, so maybe that 13-14 range, but – I absolutely think he's going to go ahead and beat his ADP of wide receiver 25. He's a lock for me. He is my dark horse breakout. I don't, I, I'm not high on a Rob. I, I think, I think 25 is for me is exactly where he belongs. I don't know. Uh, he's not that dude. He's not that dude. in, in in LA. He's been that dude though. He's been that dude with Mitch Trubisky. Yeah, in Chicago. but he was he was the clear cut number one option there. He's hundred percent not that option here. Um, but he's got talent and it's in a high powered offense. So I, am I disrespecting him saying he's a back end WR two starting yeah. in every lineup? I don't think so. Um, I don't know for him to be for him to jump to like WR one for me is far fetched in an offense where he's like one hundred and ten percent not that dude. Yeah, for for me, he's getting drafted bang at kind of where I think he'll end up personally. Uh, he's getting drafted at his floor to me. Yeah, uh, he's getting I mean, drafted, hey. not necessarily his floor, but uh, not necessarily. I, I think you get great value at him if you get him at as you know sixth round, sixth sixth yeah. round. I, I mean, think he's solid, man. Yeah. It, it's not a bad play. I mean, I don't hate your logic behind it. I mean, he's I'm. He's super talented, and he did it with the with the Bears. I'm just saying, when he was with Chicago, he was the only guy. Oh there. man, exactly. Yeah. So that's the only reason I'm kind of fading him off that finish, um, injury issues, all that. So, I, your logic's there. I just disagree. I think you're just scared, man. I think you're just hesitant. You don't want to give in to the the Allen Robinson. Is it because because you guys share a little nickname, A Rob? that why he's taking <laughs> well your, these taking are our dark horses these are our dark horses too so i mean who am i to say anything about it i'm sure uh off camera begley's already hated on my dark horse so i look forward to hearing from it so i mean you know it is <laughs> let's go it is what it is so begley go ahead and give me yours so i can just absolutely take a dump on it regardless of who it is i can't <laughs> wait uh <clears throat> my guy is also on the ramps but unlike going i think he's actually a league winner uh, a truly winner because of, of the this, his ADP. So his ADP is 138, which is in the 12th round. So he, he's his uh, opportunity cost is very small. I'm excited to hear who it is. It costs you absolutely nothing to draft this guy. It is Darrell Henderson of the Rams. Um, you know, everybody, I, I've made it well known on the podcast that uh, that players do not come back from Achilles injuries. The Cam Makers to me is a massive fade. I will not draft him this year or any year in the future. And the same goes 
uh, for Deonta Foreman and Marlon Mack. Although I do have Marlon Mack on a roster as a handcuff to uh, uh, Pierce uh, on the Texans. But, you know, in 2013, NFL.com had, had a quote that said, Our research concludes no running back has ever recaptured sustained pre-injury form after rupturing an Achilles tendon. Running backs do not come back from this injury, gentlemen. It is devastating. You can't trust your leg. You lose the one-cut explosiveness. That's what the Rams' offense is. It's a zone-running scheme. It's a one-cut fade cam makers. Darrell Henderson last year, before, as we told, injury, top five running back in PPR scoring. Top five last year, before, as we told, injury. He's got the chops. He showed he can do it. The Rams let Sonny Michelle go. Kyron Williams, our draft pick, is already injured, likely to miss significant amounts of the season. He's by himself. He's the most valuable handcuff of fantasy. I, it's hard to take a dump on somebody in the twelfth round as a handcuff. Sure uh, I just, I just, I wish there was some more behind the stats that you uh-huh. always throw out. Cam Akers is young, and I've already come out and said that when you like, if you tear your Achilles before like the age of twenty eight, it actually like once repaired, actually gets stronger. Um, so he's he's lucky. That's why I came back so fast. No uh, running back ever. NFL.com ever. Only one skill player that I could find had pre injury form, and that was Demarius Thomas. Mm, all right. Ever. People don't come back. He's just it, super young. This this pick is definitely you because you are the lord of the handcuffs. We we we're in a dynasty league together. Uh the three of us, Wayne and I co own a team. Uh we won the championship last year. Begley did not. <laughs> and we have eight bench spots uh for our roster and Begs has like seven handcuffs. He doesn't he doesn't have, you know, the actual starter for all these guys, but he just hoards handcuff running backs, hoping the starters get hurt. He holds so many. He he's not even. He doesn't even have a kicker on the roster right now. I, that's that's how far he's going with. I it. can I can tell you right now. I'm in a separate league that Goni is not in with Begley and his dad. Begley and his dad co co own this team uh, that me and Goni are in there with, and that is that's Begley Senior boy. He he hoards handcuffs and then offers you egregious trades to give you your handcuff. I mean, absolutely, just trades that just just spits on your shoe. And then steps on it, saying, "You want this handcuff? All right, here you can have this handcuff. Go ahead and give me about all your starters for him, and then you can have your handcuff for your." Uh, it's just a great dude. It just that that reeks of his dad's uh, uh, go-to move in fantasy. It, it's been well documented that fantasy championships are are won on the back of luck. We outscored. We outscored your team last year. We beat you three times. We outscored your team last except, year. Except the, the three backs. times we played. Except the three <laughs> times that it mattered. We outscored your team last Including year. Including the playoffs. The back, on, the back, on the back of handcuffs like Darrell Henderson, a top five running back in the NFL through week 12. You know what? I'm fading them just because. <laughs> <laughs> Hard fade. Fair enough. My, my, uh, my dark horse. Going back to Arizona, James Conner. Listen, he finished as the RB5 last year, and the ADP has him as the RB20. 
and really nothing has changed in a situation other than the fact that they're going to rely on him more for the first third of the season. Uh, you look at his offensive line, the only roster change in his offensive line is uh, the right guard. Uh, the rest of his offensive line is exactly the same as it was before. That's a fact. Uh, and he's uh, he's rely- – so for the same reason that you like Hollywood for the first third of the season, I like James Conner. The man finished as an RB5. Why? Where is this – why is he dropping all the way to the RB20? Is he RB5 again this year? Of course not. Uh, but is he an RB20? I don't think so. I think he's definitely um, high-end RB2. Um, and that's that's his floor for me. Yeah, 15 touchdowns, man. It's too much. The touchdowns are high. Look for some regression. And, I mean, if he stays healthy, though, the, just the injury bug, He's he's got a history of injuries. But, I mean, I can't really hate on it too much. They're going to ride him. He is going to be the workhorse back, as far as I know. And he's yeah. the goal line back. He's the he's the do it all guy, so a, I don't hate it. A slight touchdown. He won't be the RB twenty. Slight touchdown. Slight touchdown. I mean, fifteen's a... hard to come by, so yeah. But I could see eleven. I'm gonna I'm gonna throw this out there. Pro Football Focus graded them as the twenty fifth rated offensive line in football. They are the oldest offensive line in football. The average age is over thirty. Veterans, boy. And PFF said they had the worst depth in the league on the offensive line. Doesn't look pretty, dude. They the Arizona had like the what seventeenth, eighteenth ranked offensive line last year. It's it's not like it's not like they were the number one last year, and all of a sudden he's behind poop turds. He was behind <laughs> mediocrity last year. But the the fact of the matter is, you got to respect Kyler. You can't James stack Con- the box. He wasn't good last year. He he his RB five was bolstered by his touchdown. He okay. was super efficient, man. 200 carries in less than 800 yards. That's less than four yards a carry. That's atrocious. Okay. He's not good. Uh, why? I, it's clear touchdown regression still puts him as a as a top tier RB two. Right. I respect it, man. Even I with his it. even with it, take his crappy efficiency. He was RB five. You the same reason you hate Najee. You should absolutely be. Be taking a dump on James Conner. Well, no, incorrect, because Najee's not going to see the red zone nearly as much as James Conner's going to see it. Who's right. Or the receptions. Better? You're right, Goni. Not the receptions. Uh, exactly, which is why Najee, I have him as a clear-cut RB1 and not James Conner. I'm not comparing James Conner to Najee here. I have Najee as what, an RB5? And I'm saying James Conner is an RB13, 14. That's fair. Hey, I, I'm just saying it's a bad pick. That's all I'm saying. I'm with you. I get your reason. <laughs> it's just a bad pick, but I get your reason. Not a bad pick. Great pick. Okay, <laughs> so my NFC West uh, dark horse was James Conner. Great pick. Phenomenal. Uh, best dark horse out of the group so far. Uh, my uh, lock is George Kittle, and my overvalue is DK Metcalf. Goni, who you got for the NFC West? Dude, give him a quick rundown again. My lock was Cooper Cup. My breakout was Allen Robinson, and my overvalue was Debo Samuel. Bigs? I'm at uh, Hollywood Brown, Darrell Henderson as the dark horse, and DeAndre Hopkins as the boss. Okay. All right. There you have it. Uh, moving on to the AFC West. Uh, go ahead and give us your lock, Gun. Uh, 
This one I feel like is is another layup for the most likely lock coming out of the AFC West this year. It's Keenan Allen. He's got an ADP of 305. Um, I, I know that, you know, we've talked about him having a slight regression this year. He finished very high as a wide receiver one last year, but the man just gets so much volume. He still plays in one of the most high-powered offenses in the NFL. Still got a quarterback that loves to just repeatedly, repeatedly hit him, and he's just going to PPR you to death. That's what he does. He's, he PPRs you to death. 140 targets. He's going to probably have over 100 catches. He's done it numerous times over the last five years. And, I mean, it, it's just when you think of consistency, you think of Keenan Allen. And, I mean, for the third round, I would absolutely not mind having him as a wide receiver one on my team at all. Yeah, I, love I agree. Keenan. Love Keenan. Wayne, do you remember when Goni had him ranked, I think, wide receiver 38 when we did our initial rankings? It was, I think it was twelve, maybe. Yeah, he definitely he had Mike Williams. I don't know why was Mike Williams not his lock. I wonder. Mike Williams was ten, and uh, Keenan wasn't ten. He was lower than that, right? Mike Williams was ten, and Keenan was twelve. Oh. I believe I can go back and find out. Out turntables. Yeah, I don't. I just don't know why Mike Williams wasn't your lock. That was kind of weird. That's a good point, Bex. Yeah, he he has his ADP is a lot further back. He's kind of uh, you know. Wouldn't that make Mike He's, Williams more of a lock? When I mean, I guess he, it's just that he's so blown up right now in the fantasy community. Regardless, I, I didn't want to put him as a breakout either because he broke out last year already. Uh, you know what? That he's got vibes of flaccidity here, doesn't he? Flaccidity. I'm going to the beach next weekend. I got to make sure I pack my pair of gunnies in my suitcase. Yeah. Oh, I don't. I don't know what you're talking about there. Con- concrete slab of a man. You're, you're Concrete right. slab of man. <laughs> That's a little sketchy. Uh, who who's your lock, Bags? Uh, my lock is is Travis Kelsey. Uh, I'm not going to talk a lot about him. Everybody knows who Travis Kelsey is and, and what he's going to do this year. He's going to outperform Mark Andrews. ADP is the 112. No. He scored 262 fantasy points last year, which put him at the RB5 and the wide receiver 10 spot to look at it kind of across position. That's how good Travis Kelsey is. He is 32, but, you know, it's not like teams can roll a lockdown corner to cover him. The way the Chiefs, you know, utilize him in the scheme, he's against linebackers and safeties. He's a matchup problem. Uh, I I think his his targets at least stay the same with Tyreek Hill leading. But I want to ask you guys a question about about a, a draft strategy. If you have the 112, would you consider drafting Kelsey and then Mark Andrews on the turn? If you look at total fantasy points scored, they both outperform. They both would have been in the top 10 in running backs last year. And Andrews was just outside the top 10 in receiver. Or he was a he was wide receiver like seven last year. No, and, I hate that strategy. Why? For I mean, redraft or dynasty, it doesn't really matter. Um I, I just don't love having two tight ends that you have to play every week, man. It, I don't know. It just sucks, right? They're, you're, you know what you're getting. They're safe. Well, That's... no, well, no, not not my opinion because we all know that I faded Travis Kelsey this year. That's fair. Goni did it. He had them one too. So, I mean, Wayne, just hypothetically, right? If you thought they were going to be close and they were going to mirror what they did last year, 
you're out you would theoretically almost outperform really any other any other pick there right i mean they were rb5 last year yeah i mean i'm I'm all about the points i mean if i if if i have you know that hindsight that i can go off of then obviously i'm going to take them because yeah. I know the points are going to give me, but uh, you know this year I I can't do it because I just don't feel like uh, okay. Travis Kelsey is going to do what he did last year, or the year before, or the year before. That's fair. Go, going, would you consider it? No, okay. no. It just feels it feels weird, dude. To even it feels weird. it feels weird, man. Yeah, it just feels weird. I I don't like it. <laughs> are you drafting two tight ends? Or are you opening up an only accounts first? What are you doing? <laughs> uh, for me, am I the one? I'm kidding. No, I'm just kidding. Okay. All right. Well, you got your lock, man. I got the man, the myth, the Eckler. We rode him to a championship last year. Beat Begley three times on his back, including in the playoffs. Uh, he's he's a lock. I mean, he finished as RB2 last year behind a career year from Jonathan Taylor. Um, he's involved heavily in the passing game. Um, he's uh, what the RB three, I believe, is what he's going for in redrafts, which is right behind you know Jonathan Taylor and CMC. Um, even with a clear, we all think we all believe that he's going to have a regression in touchdowns. Twenty is just an unbelievable number. Um, but even with that, well, lock him in as as a top tier running back for you again. He's just too involved in the passing game and a phenomenal offense with a phenomenal quarterback to not be a lock um, as a, as a extremely dependable RB one. I just, that's my dude. I draft him any chance I get and he's never let me down. Great pick. Never. I've been on the Eckler train for years. I have 100% got your back on this one. Yeah. He's just phenomenal. He's, he's amazing. Whole egg Great. daddy. I feel more comfortable with Eck being a lock than I do with Cooper Cup. I really do. I'm taking Eck 100 percent of the times at the what 103 spot. Over Cooper Cup, yeah. Uh, RB's king. 100. percent uh, Let's move on to the overvalues. Goni, who you got? This one's probably gonna come off a little weird. But upon reviewing the AFC West and trying to find a guy that I thought was overvalued um, in relation to his ADP, it came to Patrick Mahomes, boys. He's being drafted at the 307 as the quarterback two, ahead of Herbert, behind Josh Allen. Uh, I mean, he loses his main weapon, Tyreek Hill, the downfield threat, the cheetah. Um are these other guys going to make up for it? Juju, um, MVS. I mean, I like MVS to emerge as the number one this year, but, you know, is that going to be good enough? To beat uh, out Justin Herbert? and uh, I mean, to beat out Justin Herbert and to take him that high in the third round. I, I was looking back on it, man, and he hasn't finished as a top three quarterback since 2018 when he threw 50 touchdowns. Uh, it's just... I don't know if he's going to do it this year. He's a guy that I, for that cost, nah, you can keep him. You you picked a safe bet for me in the overvalue range because I'm the dude that doesn't pick a quarterback until I'm forced. Right. So, so yeah, yeah. It, yeah, I agree. Overvalue. Anytime a quarterback, unless it's, 
you know, obviously a super flex, it's a whole different, you know, situation. Um, I, I'm not taking anybody. I, no quarterback has the value. I'm skipping over quarterbacks all day unless I get Josh Allen in the fourth, which would obviously never, ever happen. Um, I would have to get absolutely astronomical value to draft a quarterback early. Yeah, going really stretched from stuff with this one. So thanks tough, man. There you the unpopular opinion. I get it. Someone's got to say it. Way to take a big leap. I, uh, <laughs> I, I, I personally was one of my overvalues was the uh, the Raiders defense. But I was the DST. Uh, my, uh, <laughs> my bust, my overvalue, however you want to call it, is Darren Waller. Um, right now, going four hundred two, tight end five. He's being drafted around Terry McLaurin, Deontay Johnson, Brees Hall, and David Montgomery. I'm taking all four of those guys above Darren Waller. I don't think he gives you the positional advantage this year that you're wanting getting him in the fourth. Uh, you know, he had the two years. He played 16 games. was super elite. I think tight end two and tight end three finishes. Uh, but he's played with injuries. The guy's one ibuprofen away from being a crippling addict again. I mean, Man. just last year. Golly. Hot take. Dude, just uh, last year. No, last year. Seriously, last year. Remember when he got hurt and then he was facing substance abuse issues in the middle of the season? It was documented. I look, look it up, I promise. I mean, the guy, if you show him a cigarette, his, his neck starts itching, dude. Like, he just, he's got a lot of off the field issues. Renfro and Adams are going to hog targets. I don't see a, a, a as big of a piece of the pie for Waller uh, as we usually see. He's right there at that cusp, that 30-year-old cusp, tight end, start to take a dip. Um, and, dude, he's got a lot of injuries, man. I mean, we saw last year he was the worst yards after the catch tight end in the league amongst qualifying tight ends. Uh, I, he's just not as explosive. I think we've seen uh, the heyday of Darren Waller come and go. I agree. Yeah, I was uh... – Last year was the first year of playing fantasy football that I have ever been like, you know what? I'm going to take one of these super high tight ends both know, early it. on in the draft. We both did it. Yeah, we, we both did 11. it. Yeah, we were like 11 and 12, Wayne yeah. and I were. And I'm sitting there and I'm like, oh, man, who am I, who am I going to take here? It's either Kittle or Waller. And I took Waller. And man, was I disappointed. I felt great after the first week because this man had 10 catches for uh, 19 targets. He was targeted 19 times, 105 yards, a tutty. I thought I was a genius. Absolutely (laughs) thought I was going to win the league because this man is eaten. And then he just proceeds to absolutely fall off for the rest of the year. Never drafting a tight end early ever again. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Darren Waller. There, there's, the no way, there's no way he can keep his value when they add a weapon like Devontae Adams. Yeah. Yeah, but, yeah, that's a good one. I agree. I hate that I agree with you, but I agree with you. Uh, I got a, I got an overvalue here. It might be a hot take. Um, I need people to realize before I say it, this is a redraft format that we are ranking them on. Um, uh, my overvalue is Javante Williams. He's going at the 2-1. What I looked at, I know, I think it's a little different from yours. He's going ahead of guys like Leonard Fournette, Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Zeke, David Montgomery, J.K. Dobbins, James Conner, you know. And it's crazy to me that somebody that's like 
it's well known. He's going to be splitting carries right down the middle with right. Melvin Gordon. So for him to be going at the 2-1 as an RB1, I just don't think there's going to be that much. Russell Wilson's in Denver now. They're going to be, you know, depending on – not depending, obviously, but they're going to be uh, passing a lot more. That passing game is going to be a lot more prevalent. So for them to say, hey, there, here's this guy in an offense that's going to pass it more – is going to be more successful passing, and he's also going to split carries down the middle, and he's also going to be an RB one. I just, it's, it's just not going to happen. You know, next right. year, next year I'll, I'll holler at y'all and you know change my mind. But this year in a redraft format, no way, no way is Javante Williams an RB one in that offense, in my opinion. Totally agree. His his ceiling is capped because of Melvin Gordon. Totally agree. That's understandable. I mean, Melvin Gordon is one of those guys that a lot of people are wanting to draft as well for that same sentiment. I mean, he's to get that 50%, you know, share out of the backfield. I mean, I can't really hate on it. I expect it to be a little more in Javante's favor, but would you say second round? Second round early? Yes. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I don't know about it. That's crazy. I, I think I think your I think your ADP had him late second round. Mine had him early second round. So we'll just mm-hmm. meet in the middle and have him like mid second round. I'm taking him above James Conner. That's about it, though. Yeah, they had him above Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, Zeke, Leonard <laughs> That's Fournette. No, That's crazy. No way. That's crazy. MVP Aaron Jones at that. MVP Aaron Jones. Fair enough. All right. So on to the dark horses. Flew through the AFC West. It's kind of this one. It's AFC best. I mean, all the locks are, you know, duh. Uh, Dark horses. Goni, who you got? This one begs you like because uh, you don't think. I mean, I don't think you're you're going to criticize. You know, me taking skimming off the top of the barrel here. We're going super deep. This could be a late round flyer that I think has infinite potential. I hate that dude because I can't hate on the value. If, if infinite. Dang. Potential. All right. He is being drafted at the 1502 as the tight end 20. His name is Gerald Everett. All right. He, he formerly of the Rams, formerly of the Seahawks. He is now the starting tight end for the Los Angeles Chargers. Donald Parham, who I loved, I stashed away. I thought he was going to get his time to shine this year. Charter said, no, we're going to go ahead, sign Gerald Everett. It's going to cost you nothing to get this man like you can if you forget to draft a tight end because you're just busy stacking running backs and wide receivers in the draft Cole Komet as as Wayne mentioned is a, another guy I'm high on as a light, later tight end to take if you miss out on Cole Komet take a shot on Gerald Everett man he's he's starting in one of the best offenses in the league um I mean he didn't really do much with the Seahawks last year but Russell Wilson just historically doesn't throw to the tight ends even when he had Jimmy Graham there he just he just doesn't do it he targets the wide receivers um and before that he was with the Rams and he was splitting with Tyler Higby and uh, I know personally a couple of years ago I picked him up off the waiver wire and Tyler Higby got hurt for a few games and Gerald Everett showed out he just never got his his chance to shine by himself um, I think that, you know, it's a, it's a dart throw that could turn into, a, you know, a tight end one this year. Yeah. Yeah. When I was looking for my dark horses, I was, I was Googling journeyman tight ends. So yeah, that was a, that was a pretty good pick. I mean, I don't, Gerald yeah. Everett, I, he probably won't, probably won't make it on my roster. 
Um, he might not even get drafted in most of your leagues. He might just be there for free. Yeah, I mean, how do you, how do you, how do you, how do you hate on somebody that's not going to get drafted? You know, you know what I'm saying? He's 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 making this argument proof, right? Well, that's cheating. I mean, well, to be fair, I mean, I, like I said, I, I know we can't hate, but to be fair, I mean, Gerald Everett's got the pedigree of a tight end one. I mean, he's got tight end 46, 23, 27, 25, and 22 in his career. So this guy's got the pedigree. Yeah, yeah, for sure. When I when I think of dominant tight ends over the years, Gerald Everett's like pff, Travis Kelsey, you know, Jason Witten, uh, Gerald Everett. Be- Beggs only likes players in their first co- – let's not forget, he only likes players in their first few years if they put up, you know, top five in their position grouping. Kyler Murray or, or die, basically, is his slogan. If if they're not proven, if they haven't done it before, Goni won't touch him, which is why he's picking Gerald Everett, clearly with his track hit, track record of, of production. So totally makes sense, Goni. I see why you went with Gerald Everett. You hate taking a stand on, on any player. I get it. Go with the old Wiley veteran. Thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate it. Uh, my undervalue uh, – I'm going to kind of cheat, and I'm going to take two, and that's Cortland Sutton and Jerry Judy. They're within, uh, I think, two two or three ADP spots of each other. I think somebody on Denver has a chance to be a wide receiver one, whether that be Sutton or Judy. Can I interrupt you for a second? Yeah, then go ahead. Is that weird to say it that way, Goni? They're within two ADP spots of each other? I mean, I guess it works. I'm just kind of stuck on the fact that he literally just hedged on this one and took both wide receivers from the same team. That was that was All right. very, very, uh, you know, brazen of you. Well done, sir. Please continue. I'll, I'll, I'll take Cortland Sutton. He, he's a little further back in the ADP. That way you can grab a clean exit. The, the ADP spot I'm, position ranking? Yeah. yeah. I, I'm not going to throw a – I don't have any advanced stats on Cortland Sutton, but we all had him ranked – right up in the top in our wide receiver rankings. We're all on board. He's hate-proof. We're looking for somebody in Denver to have a big year. It's going to be one of these two guys. What's his ADP? Uh, 5.06. Be, be the wide receiver 21. You know, he's behind Amari Cooper, and I'm taking Corlin Sutton over Amari Cooper any day of the week. Right. I might I am too. Sutton over Mike Williams. I'll be I, honest. I would consider it. That's kind of hard because, like, I, I consider Corlin Sutton to back in WR2. Um, Your rankings had him a little higher than that. Did I? Yeah. Are you just yeah. saying that? No, 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 no. He's, like, on our uh, consensus, I think. Wasn't he, like, 12, Cone? He might mind misremembering. I don't know if he was up as high as 12, but I, I know f- for a fact that I had him – pretty up there at least as a, a high-end wide receiver too maybe it's going that i'm confusing you i know I, I had him right there i get that 14 spot 14 15 uh one of these denver's receivers one of them maybe two but definitely one of them is gonna blow up this year right I mean, there's no doubt Yes, yeah, someone is someone. I think is going to crash. Someone is going to catch the ball in this. Someone will receive passes from Russell Wilson to the tune of a top twelve wide receiver. <laughs> Where'd you have him at, Wayne? Uh, I had him at fifteen. Okay, there we go. What so, did I have, Matt? You had him at ten. 
Uh, Begley okay. had him at 19, so I'm not sure why he's dark horse when he's WR21 and <laughs> Begley had him at WR19. Flaccid boy, concrete he, he slab of a man. Guys, you no. know, to be great. I said he's undervalued. He's he's, he's, he's lukewarm 21. on guys. He's is what is, man. 21. I said he's going to outperform that. My rankings reflect it. You, you know I'm what? Hate proof. I just hope the Mad Mob notices the way, kind of how our friendship shines through. In, in these episodes, how like at the beginning of the episodes and we're giving our opinions, we're like, yeah, yeah, I like that. Cool, cool. And then the longer we got to stare at each other's stupid faces and listen <laughs> at each, to each other's stupid voices and opinions, it doesn't matter what they say. Like Jonathan Taylor could be, his ADP could magically be like in the 10th round. And if Goni says, I think Jonathan Taylor's a dark horse, it can be a, he can be an RB1, I'll be like, you moron. Yep. Never. Yep. That's how we do. That's how we do around here, Mad Mob. Yeah, yeah. So the flip flops come out in the Man. latter half of the episodes. Uh, Beggs is trying to sell sell the uh, Cortland Sutton, and he he's the lowest of the three of us on him. <laughs> Interesting, but I my rankings had him higher than his ADP. I'm hate proof, boys. A dark dark horse though, like it just it just this might be better. Your hate is deflecting off of me, boys. I, I like how you, you absolutely tried to hedge at the beginning of that, too, you concrete <laughs> slab of a man, you. No. I'm taking, you know, it's Jerry Judy, Portland Sutton, Chris Godwin. You know, they're all in the ADP. I'm taking all of them. Yeah. They're all my dark horses. Like Evans, all Chris wide Godwin, receivers Julio are my dark Jones. horses. One Six of them's got to be there, right? This man, see, me and, and Goni found a, found a horse. Found a dark complected horse, hopped on the back of that thing and barebacked it. You you had a horse and carriage. You had, boy, you were like the Budweiser Clydesdales. <laughs> Go laying on a horse carcass. What are you talking about with that Gerald Everett? He's on a miniature pony. This this Get man had, had Hey man, I don't want to see him on any of your teams this year. <laughs> Gerald Everett. I don't want to see him on any of your teams this year. You can't have him. <laughs> <laughs> I yeah. got 31 other ones to choose from. I'm not worried. All right. I'll hold you to it. All right. I'm so I'm so scared to go to my dark horse. I was so confident at the beginning of this episode, but now I'm just kind of nervous. Doesn't matter who it is. Uh my dark horse uh he sucks. Is... <laughs> uh, it's Hunter Renfro. It is Hunter Renfro. The man finishes a WR1 last year with over a thousand yards receiving. Uh the Raiders were sixth in passing yards, fifth in pass attempts, uh, and they got Devontae Adams in the offseason, and the world just absolutely took a dump on Hunter Renfro. Uh, he's now he's pushed all the way back into the seventh round. He is uh, just – I don't understand why people don't think that uh, an offense that passes the ball as much, fifth in pass attempts, can give you two receivers – that are valuable. I mean, uh, you look at, you know, I mean, Tyreek Hill got Byron Pringle paid. You know what I mean? Like Juju Smith-Schuster was great with Antonio Brown. You got Mike Williams, Keenan Allen that uh, are going to be perfectly fine. Mike Williams uh, or Mike Evans and Chris Godwin uh, are going to be fine. You know, so I feel like this offense passes the ball enough to fully support Devonte Adams inevitable WR one finish and Hunter Renfro easy WR two finish. So for them to fade him all the way back to the seventh round, just because Devonte Adams came and now he's not facing the number one guy, 
we just talked on it. We don't think Darren Waller's going to be a huge target hog this year. Uh, clear regression. There's no way that Hunter Renfro, a guy that just had a thousand yards receiving last year as a WR one, is going to drop out of most starting lineups. In my opinion, I think if he's your WR two, you're satisfied. Mm. WR two, you're happy. Oof. Yeah, man. Dude, with Devonta and Wall, I mean, he did most of his damage last year. Waller hurt. That and I mean. My thing with that is he got 128 targets last year. He had 103 receptions to go with that 1,000 yards. So he PPR'd you to death mm-hmm. out of the slots. I don't think he, he's not getting there this year, dude, with Devontae Adams in town. If, if, they throw, if they throw Devontae Adams, the amount of targets that he requires being like 140 plus, 150, and then they up their passing game to incorporate more throws to get – uh, Hunter Renfro, another 130, they're going to lose football games because Derek Carr ain't that good. No, I'm not saying he's going to be another WR1, boys. The The ADP has him outside of WR2. I'm saying he's a mid-tier WR2. I'm saying there's a clear regression to him. I don't know why y'all keep confusing my dark horses like saying I'm going to repeat. He He's he's undervalued right now. He's going in the seventh round. He's undervalued. What wide receiver number is that? Is he being know. drafted as? Do you I know? I don't know. Look it up. Oh. I just wasn't sure if you knew it off the top of your head. Um, I mean, I'll look it up if it'll, if it'll tickle your fancy here. He said mid-tier. Does Hunter Renfro strike you as a wide receiver 18 this year? Did he strike no. you as a wide receiver one last year? No. No. Okay, that, but he did, certainly did, did he end up there? He certainly did. Which which begs hates, by the way, because he's never done it before. Nobody expects nobody expects expects a small white guy from Clemson to be anything. I get it, but he was that dude last year, and he's there's a clear regression coming his way. He's not going to get a thousand yards receiving again. He's not going to get over a hundred yards receiving again receptions again. But he's still going to get his. Devontae Adams takes eyes off of him, and I promise you, Derek Carr is not going to turn a blind eye to a guy that he passed to 150 times last year 130 times last year he's not going to turn a blind eye to him when he sees Devontae Adams absolutely covered up in triple coverage he's not going to be like what there's somebody else that I passed to for over a thousand yards last year no he's going to do his read to Devontae and most of the time Devontae is going to beat his man and he's going to hit Devontae but then he's also going to have Hunter Renfro there as a safety blanket that he's also going to feed is is 80 catches, okay, and 800 yards, okay? Is that a wide receiver, too, okay? Okay. Possibly, yeah. It's possible, based on, you know, it, touchdowns as well. Based on history. It's I possible. Mean, I, DK Metcalf had 75 receptions for 900 yards last year, and he was what, the wide, he was a WR1. Yeah, but Hunter Renfro ain't going to do that out of the slot. Ain't with the touchdowns he needs. Them, Them's outside numbers right there. Hey, Wayne, it, it's, you know what, man? It's a good dark horse. It's better than Gerald Everett. Thank you for telling us somebody who's not a cut candidate. And at least you only took one guy instead of trying to go with multiple guys. I think what so. you all should do is continue to fight amongst yourselves and just tell me how great my dark horse was. <laughs> I mean, I didn't even mention the fact that it was any good at all, but I'm just telling you how bad Begley's was. Says the guy who has him. 
wide receiver 10. <laughs> Great dark horse. I can't wait till we do like, uh, you know, any other division and you choose all the wide receivers hey, in hopes they win the league for someone. Boys, let's do, let's do a family doink bet. We'll take our dark horses. Get out of here. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, Whoever's dark horse performs the worst this year has to has to buy a round for everybody else. Wayne, are you in on that? Hundred percent. I'm in. Goni, you're a bad guy. You're the worst. <laughs> what a what a terrible bet that is. I'm sitting here trying to give good fantasy advice for a guy that you know is undrafted. Who drafts the tight so, end twenty? No so one. just 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 to continue with the argument a little bit, Hunter Renfro was going in Michael Thomas, Juju, Adam Thielen range. Gimme him. Gimme him. Yeah. I'm with you. When you put it like that, when I when you paint yeah. the picture of who's around him, he looks great compared to all those guys. Yeah. I've taken him over Juju. Definitely Michael Thomas. I'm so <laughs> smart, Mad Mob. I'm the smartest. <laughs> I'm so... <laughs> <laughs> oh man. That's that's on me. I gotta come I gotta come with more uh, more information for you. I, that's that's on me for putting it in a vacuum. Maybe we need. Maybe that's what it is for Gerald Everett. He just needed a lot more. Well, information. Gerald Everett needed to be in a vacuum for that to make any sort of sense. Yeah. Once we started looking at the stats, we were like, "Wait a second. <laughs> All right. These bye, things bye. happen. Uh, AFC West. My lock was Eck. My dark horse was Hunter Renfro. My overvalue was Javante Williams. Goni. Most likely lock Keenan Allen. The dark horse breakout. Possible league winner, Gerald Everett. <laughs> and the overvalue was Patrick Mahomes. <laughs> Begley, who'd you have? Make sure you name both receivers. <laughs> my lock is Kelsey. My old, my bust or uh, overvalue is Darren Waller. And my undervalue is the Denver wide receiving room. Every wide receiver. Tim Patrick, KJ Hamler included. Uh, you know what was funny, dude? You know what's great? Is if he would have taken Gerald Everett, uh, out of all the talent in the AFC West, Begley would have had a, a clean sweep of tight ends for his locked dark horse over. Sure <laughs> 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 all right. There it is, Mad Mob. We'll come at you uh, again with uh, two more divisions, uh, part two of this four-part uh, series. Uh, going to be sliding in Q and A's in between these as often as possible. We are coming up on the season. Preseason is starting next month. We're coming. This is our first season as a podcast. We're super excited about it. Uh, hit us up with your questions. Um, YouTube Mad Fantasy Football Podcast. Email madffpodcast at gmail dot com. Reddit Mad underscore ff underscore podcast. Uh, Facebook, Mad Fantasy Football Podcast. Twitter, at Mad FF Podcast. You can find us everywhere, literally everywhere. All you got to do is open them eyeballs. You got a better chance of finding us than Gerald Everett cracking the tight end two spot. <laughs> Mad Mob, we're out of here. Seven Sundays to football. <laughs> <laughs>